Hey all, welcome to the Common Good Podcast. Uh, good to be back on a Monday, uh, February 12th already. And we're here with Casey Franklin, uh, my uh, cohort in Red Hat, Blue Hat Talk. Casey, great to see you, buddy. Hey, you too, man. Great to see you. Hey, question for you. Yeah. Did you uh, get a chance to watch the Taylor Swift show? I mean, the Super Bowl last night? <laughs> you know, I caught little clips. I did record it because oh. I wanted to... Um, Wanted to see the halftime show. Yes, I don't know even know why. I, no, I do know why. Because I said to said to Shelley, I said I just feel like people are going to ask me about this, uh, and, yeah. and I, I want to be able. To, I just want to know what's up. And I watched a couple yeah. of, couple commercials throughout it, and then it was a thriller at the end. So I happened, yeah, to, sure re- happened to record. It. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. Did you watch it? Yeah, I sure did. I sure uh, did. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? it? It was a very good game. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was uh, nail biter to the end and. Great game. What can you yeah. say? Uh, yeah, super. I mean, look, they went into overtime. Actually, yeah. there was one point Shelly was like, okay, we turn in this thing off. Can we finally, I don't know, let's go into this before the second half. or, or uh-huh. uh, So maybe a few minutes left in the first, in the second quarter. Yeah. I think an interception was thrown or something happened to Kansas City. Mm. And, uh, and the 49ers were up and I said to myself, mm. wow, this is over. Yeah, <laughs> that I that I tuned back at the end, like I thought the thing would totally be done. Went back to the you know turned on just regular television, and there they were in overtime. So I got to watch the last drive. And uh, exactly, good for you. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was great. You know my my feeling about the Super Bowl, and you know I don't know if other people feel like this or not, but you know I feel like the commercials have really gone downhill. They're they're not what they used to be at all. And the super, I I think the halftime show is always a disappointment. Um, It's just weird and strange, and I can't relate to it. Maybe I'm just getting old. Yeah. So uh, then, when the game isn't any good, then you're like, man, this whole thing is just a total bust. But hey, at least last night the game was good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, And I thought that halftime show was kind of. I don't know Usher. I don't think I know an Usher song. Yeah. Um, Same with no. He was incredibly athletic and musical and, I mean, just great. And the choreography was bizarre and out of this world. And I'm like, this is just fantastic, just as yeah. a thing to kind of watch. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, not not really my not really my style. And, and I just yeah. don't care. You know, I, people who follow this podcast regularly, maybe I mentioned to you, I, I don't care about football. And I kind of care that people care so much about professional football. So I always have this tug and pull with like, man, it's just hard on people's bodies and it just creates a weird vibe in our country to me. So anyway, I I know other people love it and I'm not, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum on their football. Yeah. Right. Right. Could not really care less. And then when I found out that the chiefs won this, you know, the Super Bowl, they'd also won it last year and maybe a couple of years ago, like, so it's just like, okay, they're just the best yeah. team. Like I thought they were, I thought they were underdogs going into it. <laughs> right. Exactly. I know. I know. But it's, I, it's strange. But to your, to your early comment, I, I know more about uh, Taylor Swift being associated yeah. with that uh, than anything else. Um, and it and a, bunch like, of, a bunch of conservatives, a bunch of conservatives think that somehow they're rigging football so that Taylor Swift fans look better. Do you know anything about this? conspiracy theories come on man come on <laughs> well do you know i mean i hear people literally talking about this like saying they think the nfl is rigged do, do you do you follow any of that i don't really know i don't 
Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't heard that. I have heard that uh, the Biden administration and campaign are really hoping to get her endorsement because mm-hmm. they think that might uh, rescue him. But yeah, that's all I've because she endorsed him. She, well, how come at the beginning you said the Taylor Swift show? I mean, the Super Bowl. Like, what? What was that? Was <laughs> well, that not part of the the right wing talking points that Taylor Swift is a is an agent of the of the DOD and all this stuff? Hey, man, I came up with that all by myself, oh. dude. I, yeah, man, <laughs> okay. that's original. That's original to me, dude. Great, great. Well, I've heard. Uh, I've I've heard no, such. I, I've heard such stuff. Uh, right. right. Well, I just thought it was. I just thought it was. Uh, so crazy that they focused on her so much and we all knew that was going to happen because of this whole relationship thing which i don't understand and i mean honestly you know people can do whatever they want but the the whole uh taylor swift travis kelsey thing strikes me as like this are we in high school is this high school totally dude it's totally kind of weird i don't know you probably didn't see there was another game that Kansas City played and he scored a touchdown and uh, Taylor Swift was in the crowd and and he literally as soon as he scored the touchdown he literally looked up to the stands and made a, a cute little heart. Oh this, my lord! Oh my lord! And, these people right, right up at her, you know, and yeah. uh, it's just it's just a little I don't know. Well. We're wearing red hats or blue hats today. We agree on that, buddy. I hey, don't. all right. I'm glad we it. can agree. I just don't get it. In fact, I was i i had to I had to Google because I started watching the second quarter, mm-hmm. and the I thought that this Travis Kelsey, the boyfriend mm-hmm. of Taylor Swift, was the quarterback. Oh, okay. And then I see this other oh, person, so I'm like, is I had to I had to Google is Travis Kelsey injured? <laughs> Gonna, I just literally have no idea, and I could not care yeah. any more about his profession. I hope he does well. Yeah. I hope everybody yeah. in whatever job they feel they should be in that they really yeah. feel like they're thriving, and I hope that for him. And I hope yeah. that any love affair brings beauty and goodness to the world. And I hope it's true between absolutely Tyler and, and Travis, oh, Travis, Travis and, and Taylor, Travis and Taylor, <laughs> <laughs> Travis and Taylor. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I didn't care about Chuck and Diane uh, when they got married uh, as the king and queen uh, or the prince and princess. And I just yeah. don't care about any of that stuff. So I'm the wrong I'm the wrong guy. Uh, I know a yeah. lot of people do. And again, if you're into other people's relationships yeah, uh, and that drives you drive right. on, keep right. keep exactly. keep it driving. Hey, quick check yeah. in on the weather. Uh, sunny blue skies, 40 degrees yeah. in Minnesota. Uh, still oh, yeah. no snow. Still no snow in the state wow. of Minnesota all winter. Um, I can't believe that. How's it? Uh, how, how's it looking there in Colorado? Uh, we are finally warming up a little bit. Um, I, I think it's about mm, thirty degrees, low thirties here, and it's sunny. But it's been chilly, and we've been getting a lot of snow. A lot of snow. We got a lot, man. We got over a foot the other day, and we just keep getting snow man it's just crazy like uh i don't remember what day it was but it literally started snowing at night in the evening it snowed all night and it snowed all day the next day into the evening oh wow day so it just kept snowing and snowing and snowing so okay we we, we won't get into your snow management too deeply but but does that (laughs) does that trap you into uh places you don't you know like at home or do you get stuck somewhere i mean I, if I had to get out, I could always get out, 
but okay. you know, there's something about being in the Rocky Mountains when it's snowing like that, you know, and you got your wood stove burning and uh, it's just cozy. you're like, I'm not going anywhere. There you go. You know? there you go. Yeah. Just stay home. Just stay put. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of great. People that don't live in snowy places, you know, I think about Yabbits on here and, and Jim and mm -hmm. Alex, some of our regulars here that are that are knowing the chat. They live in yeah. uh, you know, Southern California and yeah. and Florida, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they know snow, but when snow comes and it makes everything clean and quiet and calm, yeah. it's pretty yeah. great. It's it is. It's, it's just beautiful. Little, it's Especially uh, up here in the Rocky Mountains, man. It's just there's just nothing like it, man. The, the snow sets on the pine trees, covers them, mm. you know, they're just completely, you know, covered in snow. I remember uh, <clears throat> my dad, way back when I was really little, I've got home movies of this where he would get a Christmas tree and get that spray, spray snow. And, uh -huh. and what did they call that? Totally. Flocking, whatever the tree, make it look like it was snow covered. And uh, we got that on a regular basis here every day in Colorado. Yeah. So yeah, I forgot about that stuff when we were kids that they had yeah. that spray on snow. I don't see yeah. that anymore. Uh, I, I know. Maybe, maybe it's like maybe they're like environment. that killed kids. Yeah, we don't we don't do that anymore. That was <laughs> turns out that stuff was the asbestos in a can. Um, I don't know. Hey, do you have a puppy or a dog? Uh, yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta deal with that. Hang on, just sweet. a second. No, you, you don't have to deal with it. You don't have to deal with it. It's super sweet. I just know if people are listening and they they love dogs, they're gonna hear that and their hearts are gonna warm, yeah, uh, she, or they're gonna or they're gonna start commenting. Really you know, go take care of yeah, your puppy. She really wanted in with me, so that's all that was. I, I love it. Well, well, you never you never have to let the puppies go away. They're they're welcome to join us. <laughs> uh, don't don't mind that. Don't mind that at all. All right, for people that aren't familiar with Red Hat Blue Hat Talk, um, this is Casey and I. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, met when um, I was in college. Casey was in high school. And uh, are both now faith leaders from the same place here in Minnesota. Uh, agree on lots of things, play music together when we can. Got to play an open mic a couple of weeks oh. ago, which was super fun with uh, together. Uh, and uh, disagree about Donald Trump. So we like to talk about that here in a way that we hope is... Uh, um, helpful to others to also watch uh, ways you can talk. And we text regularly back and forth about, uh, about all this stuff. Um, so uh, you, the, the rest of you are only getting a glimpse of some of the stuff that we back and forth. And some of it um, is, you know, Trump related and some of it is just other stuff that's happening going on. So like a lot of lives, there's more things that happen in our lives than politics. And there's more things that matter in the world than, than politics. And, uh, whether you think the government is is a, a force that acts for good in the world, or whether you think the government is something that we need to, um, you know, do some kind of harm reduction around, uh, however it is, there's a lot of different opinions. So, so that's what we talk about, and then we come up with certain topics that we want to talk about today. And oh, yeah. uh, in case you were feeling pretty bullish after uh, after what happened uh, last week around uh, the special counsel and and Joe Biden, do you want do you want to start there? Or do you want to? Uh... Oh, sure. Sure. Um, I just want to comment on a couple other things, too, that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, first, um, you know, we I just think it's important for people to know that, you know, we have been friends a long time. We do uh, appreciate one another and we enjoy each other's company. And, uh, you know, although we have uh, strong disagreements and not just about Donald Trump. And I like to yeah. point that out. Uh, we disagree about a lot of things, uh, 
philosophically and, and politically. Um, but I feel like, you know, what we're trying to do here is a model for people, how you can have these kinds of conversations and disagreements, which I think uh, we've, we've talked about this a lot, uh, is becoming extremely difficult for people in this, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, politically uh, charged um, world and society that we live in. And so I hope that, you know, we can we can talk about a lot of good things. We can have our disagreements. But in the end, uh, we uh, we still love each other. Mm -hmm. We're still friends. And uh, and music brings us together, which hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to show. Yeah. Yeah. I should also let people know if they can stick around that at the end of many of these, we play a little music, yeah. <laughs> not together, but sort of sort of to each other. Yeah. Um, hey, I was as I mentioned to you, you know, you knew I was down in Eagle Pass, Texas this last week. And yeah. uh, because there was a trucker brigade that was going down and issues around the border and all. And once again, I ended up in a situation where there was a small street and I've been in a lot in this situation many times and people on one side of the street supporting one idea or in this case about the border and and specifically Trump, a bunch of people in Trump garb hats like the one you're wearing now and others. And then the other side of the street were people that were from the town who had a different view about how the border is being managed by the by the Republican governor. And so there was some protesting and sort of supporting going on because the governor of Texas was going to be there. So there was a couple of hours that were on either side of a street. Now, in this particular case, unlike sometimes when these things happen, these folks weren't all neighbors. The people on the the town side of the street live there and the other people, none of them that I've met, and there were probably 30 or so, were were from from that area. They'd all they'd all come in from out of town. But anyway, so we're at this at this place and I would I like to walk back and forth and make interviews. We've had some of them on our podcast last week already right. and we'll show more and because they're really I mean it so many times the, the it starts out so <clears throat> egregious and hostile feeling and by the end there's some greater level of commonality right but the thing I noticed again and, and I think it's important here is that people on both sides, would point at the others and say some version of, or sometimes a quote like this, I'm not sure if those people just hate me or if they want to hurt me, but they're pretty sure that one or two of those are true. Mm -hmm. And that is a feeling that's not disagreement. That's not a feeling of, we have different philosophies. You know, you, you and I have different philosophies about how the government should function and the role of the Justice Department and whether things are totally corrupt from top to bottom and whether we can, you know, all, all kinds of stuff we can agree and disagree. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we feel like we hate each other. I don't ever wonder, right. does Casey right. hate me? Oh, um, no, no. I do wonder, and we've talked about this before, if you think liberals hate you, but we can get into that later. Maybe I'm just the exception of a liberal that doesn't or just Democratic politicians. And I don't think you feel like I want to hurt you. And I know you don't want to hurt me. I mean, if I was ever in need, I would call Casey Franklin, you know, top of the list of people. But man, not everybody feels that way. They feel yeah. like, and buddy, I was warned by people, you know, who believe the way I do politically, like, oh, you're going down there to those truckers. Are you going to wear a flak jacket? And look, I understand why they think so, because there's been times where, you know, I was thinking very deeply about a time when a guy drove to southern Texas to the border of town of El Paso and shot up a Walmart after laying out, you know, his guns and then spelling out the name Trump and then made a manifesto saying he supports Trump, went down and killed people. 
Now, I don't think that's most Trump supporters. I don't think that's most of any people. I think it's a very, very fractional number. So that could happen. But people weren't like, hey, there could be a random mass shooting. They were just like, if you're going to go interact with those people, you should be afraid of them. And then people mm. that lived in this town were desperately afraid because people were coming into town and some of them the FBI arrested and some of them local police arrested for all kinds of reasons. So there's reasons that people feel like they should fear the others. But it, it's deeper, man, it is deeper than just that. Like there is there is something afoot in our culture. And, and I'm going to today suggest that I think Donald Trump exacerbates that and I'm going to show a tweet and or a truth a truth post and stuff mm -hmm. that I think is a part of all of this and what he's doing where he's um, laying out new boundary markers and ways to view each other and how to think about each other um, mm. but I think what we're trying to do is acknowledge that that's real and then mm. show that look you can have very strong disagreements as I do with members of my own family but we love each other anyway and we're yeah. all in this and, and yeah. I said so I'll, I'll let you respond after this one last comment I said something the other day around some people that totally know me and think, think well about what we do and all. And I said, hey, look, the hardcore Trumpers and even the insurrection supporters, that, that sub-crowd, they are America too. Hmm. And man, the look on these people's face was like, okay, yeah, yeah true, but hmm. I'm like, no, no, really, like full stop. There's no hmm. not that is America. <laughs> That, right. that that is whatever the we the people is whatever the us is it is all of us mm -hmm. and if we have any notion of taking back our country from those people in any way that it doesn't leave the country for those people mm -hmm. man I, I don't know we're we're up to something else that uh yeah. that i certainly don't want to be uh don't want to be up to so anyway yeah. any any thoughts about about all that long little rant yeah, you know, it's been a few weeks since we've been together yeah. so yeah, no, I think it's well said. And I think, um, you know, it's hard because um, I think people feel, I know I feel this way, and I'm sure you feel this way, um, that with everything that's going on uh, around us, that the stakes have never been higher. And so um, that's why I think it, it, it raises everyone to this, this kind of level that sometimes is unhealthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the stakes are really high and, uh, and that's why, you know, I, one of the reasons that, um, it, it troubles me when I hear, uh, the president, you know, try to demonize Trump followers too, because I don't think that's helpful either. So anyways, I, I think mm -hmm. we all just kind of like bring down the, bring down the blood pressure a little bit mm -hmm. and, and try as best as we can to have reasonable and logical conversations about our differences. Mm -hmm. And in some ways this is new, in some ways it's not. There's a Bruce Springsteen song from an album from 2008 called Devils and Dust. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the song Devils and Dust where he's, as Springsteen likes to write, he writes songs from a character's perspective. And he's inside the mind of a person who's in Afghanistan at a checkpoint. And he says that he writes this song because that's sort of the clarifying moment that also is the, the full American experience with each other. And the, one of the lines in the song is, I've got my finger on the trigger and I don't know who to trust. I mm -hmm. look into your eyes and I only see devils and dust. Mm -hmm. And it's about this guy who in a car is driving up to a checkpoint in, mm -hmm. uh, in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, 
So I have to fix something on my screen there. And uh, mm-hmm. and this guy's in this un you know untenable situation where he's got life and death in his hand and he doesn't know what to do. And man, that's a thing. You know, Springsteen was touching into that in two thousand eight. Right. And we've had civil wars and we had civil rights movements and we've had KKK movements and we've had reconstructions. Our country has been through this kind of stuff. You know, we've had internment camps in the United States um, where, you know, Germans and uh, Japanese people were were not allowed to move freely. We've had, you know, slavery in this country that was was a root of it. And so so we've we've been through some things. So I agree with you. The stakes are high. Mm-hmm. But I think they're high like they've been high before. Uh, anyway, wh- wh- whether or not they've never been higher, not in yeah. my lifetime they haven't. I get that. I think we're living in yeah. times that match gonna, historic moments. Yeah. I was just going to say uh, in our lifetime, I think it's it's yeah. sort of uh, unprecedented. But, yeah, you go back further in history and, and things have always been yeah. wild and, and crazy. And, okay, not, not, not to get fully lefty on you here, but just for a brief moment. Uh, <laughs> Please do. When, when my when my friends from black communities and indigenous communities and non non dominant communities hear this conversation, they're like, "Well, welcome, welcome to the story, gentlemen," because you mm. now living your social location feel that way. We have felt that way for a very mm. long time. Mm. We don't know who to trust. Feel like the system is not on our side. Feel like we're being targeted. Feel like yeah. we're in danger. So. The thing that you're like, hey, we never felt this before. This is new. They're like, mm. if you want some tips on how to live in this, we've been here and we've been yeah. living through it. So it's also, I mean, it's it's a thing. Uh, and and even people in those situations who've lived through those situations feel like there's something up politically where the mm-hmm. boundary lines are just super hard mm. drawn. Um, mm. can, can we just stay on this one for a second since we're talking about this and then we can get to your, your, your thing? So yeah. um, I, I'd mentioned to you that... Um, I showed you this this truth post from Trump Trump the other day, um, mm. and and I think it, I think it gets at it. So I've, I've got it on the screen now. And so so this is something Trump recently put out, and he said, "2024." I'm reading it for people who either have a small screen or just to listen to the podcast. This is Trump's writing. 2024 is our final battle. So right out of the shoots, like okay, I get it in politics, we do war metaphors, but come on, man. All right, so it's our final battle, very, very apocalyptic. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers from our government. We will drive out the globalist. We will cast out the communist, Marxist, and fascists. And we will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media, we will drain the swamp, and we will liberate our country from these tyrants and villains once and for all. Amen. Now look, that, to put politics in that frame, not we will live together with our differences, not we will find the better angels of our nature, not we have difference of opinions and everyone is an American, but this kind of stark language, and so now I'm going to play something that you've seen before, and this is the this is the people inside the Senate chamber during the insurrection. The person leading leading the prayer here, Jason, is was then convicted of his crimes, served his time, and now is running for Congress. The guy you're about to see um, yep. is running for Congress in 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 Arizona, and, and says that his his work in the mm-hmm. uh, in the insurrectionist activities is a feature and not a flaw. But I just want people to hear. The same language that Trump says here that these people said in a prayer inside the Senate chamber. 
Um, so people took these words, either they took Trump's words and uh, um, utilized them as the, the rationale for their activities of the insurrection, or they mm-hmm. shared the same source words. But anyway, it's it's almost mm-hmm. word for word the same thing. So, so here, here. All the way back to the monument. All the way. Jesus Christ, we invoke your name. Amen. 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 He's got to take his hats off because he doesn't want to pray with a hat on. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen. For this opportunity to stand up for our God-given unalienable rights. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building, to allow us to exercise our rights, to allow us to send a message to all the tyrants, the communists, and the globalists that this is our nation, not theirs. That we will not allow the America, the American way of the United States of America to go down. Thank you, divine, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent creator God for filling this chamber with your white light of love, with your white light of harmony. Thank you for filling this chamber with patriots that love you and that love Christ. Thank you, divine, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent creator God for blessing each and every one of us here and now. Thank you, divine creator God, for surrounding and filling us with the divine, omnipresent white light of love and protection, peace and harmony. Thank you for allowing the United States of America to be reborn. Thank you for allowing us to get rid of the communists, the globalists, and the traitors within our government. We love you and we thank you. In Christ's holy name we pray. Tyrants, the communists, the globalists, the traitors, includes mm-hmm. Mike Pence mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other people in that sense. And, and look, I just think this language that Trump uses in these posts and that he says in rallies, people take that as action. I don't think those were FBI uh, fakes uh, doing that. I think they're wearing Trump garb because they actually believe it. And they're taking the, taking the, the marching orders uh, from their leader. And the leader says um, it's a final battle, and it's not. That's not metaphoric. It's my point. They're not using a simple metaphor here. So anyway, uh, you're, how, when when you see Trump say that stuff, you were saying Amen earlier when I read it. You obviously uh, feel it different than than the way I'm I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <clears throat> you know, first of all, uh, again, like I was saying before. Uh, the stakes are really, really high. They're the highest that we have ever experienced in our lifetime. And I think what Trump is trying to communicate is that the stakes are high. And I mean, for you to say the final battle is not metaphoric, uh, I don't know how you come to that conclusion, um, because it is metaphorical. Uh, That's very metaphorical language. And what he's saying is that, you know, this is the, I mean, like, this is the most important election. This is the most important fight, fight. You know, politicians use the word fight all the time uh, that we've ever experienced. And there are globalists and there are Marxists in our government. Yeah. And are they Americans too, though? uh, I assume so. Um, But that doesn't mean that they're right. I mean... You know, sure. not all Americans are are right, and um, <clears throat> some Americans are criminals. So um, I think all he's saying is that uh, we have a battle, we have a fight, and um, all the things that he's saying about the media and about the government and about 
the agenda of the radical left, which is what he's talking about, um, is true. And uh, we have to do something about it. We can't allow things to continue the way that they have been going. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, he's experienced it firsthand. He's experienced the deep state firsthand. He's experienced this corruption firsthand. Uh, So, you know, uh, I think that's all he's trying to say. He's, yeah, he's rallying his followers. I mean, that's what leaders do. And uh, the fact, and talking about the video that you showed, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the thing that gets me. I'm like, okay, you guys say that this was an insurrection, that this was an attempt to overthrow the government, that, you know, all the, you know, I've even heard the term armed insurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then I see people uh, in the Capitol building that you showed praying. And I don't see anything wrong with prayer. I don't see anything wrong with praying. Uh, and I'm like, you guys think these people were here to do something terrible and awful and and no good and you know just horrible? And yet, what I see them doing is praying, praying for our country. I even hear the word peace and harmony mentioned in their prayers. So I don't understand where you guys are coming from on that at all. Can I, can I make a suggestion about what we're meaning? And we, of course. I know, I know in first or second, one of these we did, um, I was suggesting there was a reason why the insurrection happened on January 6th, 2021, because it was designed to prevent the certification of the election from 2020. Mm-hmm as a constitutional requirement to make official the next president of the United States. They weren't in the Capitol having a prayer meeting. They were in the Capitol to stop the certification. They were there to interrupt government proceedings, to stop them from happening. They weren't invited into the Senate chamber to pray. They forcibly made their way there. They beat police officers, some shot them with bear spray, some beat them with flagpoles. They broke windows and crashed in and threatened the life of the current vice president, the then vice president, to the point that Secret Service was under severe pressure to keep him safe. There were people barricaded in the house chamber. So to say these are people that were simply there exercising their rights and wanting to pray, they weren't. It would be like me saying, well, if I broke into your house to stop you from doing your regular life and then I chose to pray there, then that makes it okay because all I did was pray. No, I interrupted your life. I interrupted your safety. I threatened you. doesn't matter if I pray or not. So the fact that this insurrection day is not understood as intended to stop the certification when that is without a question why it happened on that day and why there was, uh, why all this was going on. Does that, I don't know, does that make any more connection about why people legally and in media and, you know, to regular friends like me, 
call it that? Yeah. Well, I I know that's the narrative. That's the the far left and the and the propaganda media man, you know narrative that that has been propagated. Um, but I think there's more to the story than that, and I don't think these were bad people. Uh, you know the uh, the the government building is supposed to be the people's house, and so uh, you know they some of them did bad things, yes, and did things that I, I really wish they hadn't have done, and those people uh, obviously should be um, prosecuted, but. We, we see things like this all the time. I mean, we saw um, the same thing with um, uh, other groups being there, uh, disrupting uh, official government proceedings, um, people forcing their way into the building and, and creating protests that are illegal. Um, <clears throat> we see, you know, uh, people threatening uh, Supreme Court justices' lives, protesting outside their homes, which is illegal. Mm-hmm. And threatening their lives, and they're arrested and, for that. Yeah, those are crimes. No, no, they're not. No, the people that were there protesting outside uh, Kavanaugh's house, yeah, were not arrested. No, I was I was speaking of the people who threaten the lives of justices. Yeah, but they're not supposed to protest at their homes either. Not and illegal, so, but yes, it's it's unadvisable. You can protest. You can protest anywhere you want in public space in this country. You and I both know that. That's that's a thing you get to do. Sometimes you pull a permit. Sometimes you don't. Yeah, mm, people don't can protest. People can protest anywhere they want. Okay, including the yeah. Capitol. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can protest the Capitol. You can't break into the Capitol. I mean, I've protested the Capitol many, many times. I've been, I protested at the Supreme Court steps and been arrested for violating the law. I stood at the steps of the Supreme Court, unfurled a banner with 17 other people that said, stop executions. The Capitol Police came to us and said, take down the banner and leave these steps. We said no. They said, if you don't, we're going to arrest you. We said no. They arrested us. That's a peaceful protest for which we were arrested. I was arrested mm-hmm. for violating the statute and for violating the statute of, of, of holding up uh, a banner at the Supreme Court steps and for not following the instructions of Capitol Police. Mm-hmm. Went to court mm-hmm. and um, was found guilty and uh, all the rest and was willing to do that in order to raise the awareness that we need to stop executing people. That was during mm-hmm. the Obama administration. I was protesting mm-hmm. the actions of our federal government and our state governments in the Supreme Court during uh, the administration of a president that I agree with. I've also been arrested mm-hmm. during Trump's time outside the White House. You can do that stuff. That is not interrupting. I was, You know what I was not charged with? Interrupting an official proceeding, trying to mm-hmm. stop the government from functioning its constitutional practices. If I had done that, we have another word for that, which is trying to stop the government from doing what it's doing and not installing a new leader. That's what we colloquially and in reference in law refer to as an insurrection. So that's the difference, Casey. And the idea that you're conflating protesting or a group of people uh, getting out of hand and not attaching to it, the reason they were there on that day they said that was the reason they were there. Everyone agrees that that's the reason they were there was to stop the certification of the election. Uh, no, 
I don't think they were all there for that reason. And I think if you were to talk to some of them that were there, um, they wouldn't tell you that that's why they were there. Some of them were there to protest. Some of them were there sure. to support Donald Trump. Some of them, I mean, you yeah, can't. Fair enough. Ca- fair enough. I mean, I mean the people who are. I mean the people who were arrested for these for these actions. They. Yeah. They okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's yeah. that. I didn't mean the ten thousand or twenty forty thousand people that also got. I mean, there's a lot of people who probably didn't know why it was January sixth at all. <laughs> yeah. They're just yeah. chum in the water, to borrow a metaphor. Um, yeah, yeah okay. but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Um, we just found out that the government was was trolling people with their bank accounts and what kinds of mm-hmm. uh, uh, transactions they were doing. Even if they walked into a Bass Pro Shop mm-hmm. or they were in the vicinity of Washington D.C. on January sixth. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is crazy. This is like CCP China stuff. Um, that our government was doing to, uh, it, I mean, this is just out of hand. Look, what, all what bank, all bank transactions are monitored by, if, if they're part of a, you know, the, the, the F, FDC, they're, they're monitored by the government all the time. Every single one of them that, that you do. This is why you can't deposit more than $10,000 a day. This is why if you try to take out more than $10,000 in cash, there's all kinds of things that the government does all the yeah. time that monitors people's spending behaviors. This is this is part of a big part of what Secret Service does, both around fraud and also other activities. Look, no, I, I know that, that you might be shocked that this is what the government does, but that yeah, is not that. No, no, I have to I have to differ with you on that because I I worked for a very large bank mm-hmm. for a number of years, so I happen to know how these things work. And my understanding, and if you find something different, let me know. But my understanding is that the government does not actively monitor Americans' banking and credit card transactions because that would be against the law. That is a privacy thing. That is against the Constitution. You can't do that. But uh, there is something called a suspicious activity report that a bank can file to the government when you walk into a bank and let's say you deposit more than ten thousand dollars or you uh <clears throat> you deposit uh uh like a bunch of transactions all at once or mm-hmm. anything that would appear to be suspicious to the bank teller when you're there that the bank teller would go oh, that's kind of weird i wonder why this guy has so much cash why is he putting all this cash in the bank uh because they, the banking laws are designed to prevent money laundering. That's what they're really concerned about. And that's why these regulations are put into place. And so then the bank files a suspicious activity report, which by the way, Hunter Biden has like a hundred of, which is very strange for uh, one person to have that many suspicious activity reports. Sure, when we and find the laptop, we're gonna be fine. Oh we're yeah, we got the laptop. Where, where are we so, on that? <laughs> Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got the laptop. Don't worry. So uh, that's no how it works. the government doesn't just reach into your business like that automatically and search for transactions with keywords like MAGA. You know, that's not the way the, the law is written. That is unconstitutional. That is uh, breaking many laws. No. It's, so well, that's look, not how I mean, the system works. That's I, I not get how it. I, 
I get it that that's what you're describing. And, and yes, you're, you're right. And I didn't mean to say that they're looking at every single transaction from every single person. What I was saying was that the government monitors bank transactions every single day, all the time. Not every transaction, but they do it. And they also, right. now counterterrorism actors or uh, 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 authorities and the FBI, they're monitoring all kinds of behavior and actions. Look, I mean, if if someone's uh, searching Al Qaeda, they're searched. They're they're paid attention to. This goes on all of the time, and during certain activities, if they think there's going to be, if they have credible reasons to think there's going to be terrorist activities or things that the FBI or or other terrorist agencies need to be involved in, they're monitoring that stuff in so many ways that we don't know anything about. Now, I'm glad you know about it, and I'm glad that people know that. Terms like MAGA, or if people are buying loads of Bibles, or if people are buying a bunch of guns, that the FBI is like, hey, what is going on? Because they know that that religion, Christian religion, has been utilized by many of these groups to authorize the actions that they engage in, because they know that many terrorist activities are rooted to that kind of thing. Now, look, I wish that wasn't the case. I wish people would stop using the Bible and guns and weaponry to justify what they're doing. But this notion, again, that somehow this is um, targeting or deep state or look, if you don't want law enforcement, I know we go back and forth about this on text all the time. If you don't want there to be the FBI and all of the all the rest of it, fine. Or if you want it to be reformed, fine. But the idea that somehow MAGA people are, uh, the FBI is setting them up or doing all that. I I don't know. You you know, I mean, we don't have to go down that. We don't have to go down that route again, but. Uh, I just don't think it's right that uh, Biden's government has been weaponized to target people who support his political enemy to the point where if you buy a Bible, you could be a domestic terrorist. Or you buy a gun, or you yeah. shop at Cabela's, or you, you. That's 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 not what's happening. Somewhere. Yeah. Right. Uh, so well, so I, I, I know you believe that that Biden is weaponized is yeah. Justice Department. Um, I am I am positive Trump did. So can we agree? Can we agree that any president who weaponizes their Justice Department, no matter what political party they're from, is in the wrong? Can we agree with that on that? Yeah. Okay. So if you ever show me that Biden has done it, oh, I, will I can agree. I, examples. Oh, then I oh, will my. agree with you. He shouldn't do it. If I can yeah. show you that Trump has done it, will you say the same? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, that's what I trust. Okay. All right. And you had some stuff too. Uh, okay. I, I, have, I have one more and then I'll be done with my silliness. Uh, Donald Trump apparently also on, on Truth Social is really bothered that Taylor Swift doesn't like him. Now, I don't care what Taylor Swift does. You don't care what Taylor Swift does. Donnie cares what Taylor Swift does. He writes, I signed and was responsible for the Music Modernization Act for Taylor Swift and all other musicians. Okay, first of all, Trump, if you think that you're passing laws and signing laws to benefit certain musicians and then they owe you, you don't understand the role of public service. But anyway, I'll go on. It says, Joe Biden didn't do anything for Taylor and never will. 
There's no way she could endorse crooked Joe Biden, the worst and most corrupt president in the history of our country. That's called projection in my mind. And be disloyal to the man who made her so much money. The idea that Donald Trump believes that if he passes a law that helps someone, they owe him loyalty. Casey, I got to tell you, this is the stuff that is, this is why some of us say cult leader, <laughs> right? So he says um, uh, she's disloyal to the man who made her so much money, as if Donald Trump is responsible for Taylor Swift's success. Besides that, I like her boyfriend, Travis, even though he may be a liberal and probably can't stand me. Like, whatever, a, a, a former president of the United States, current candidate, leading, leading Republican candidate, is on doing this, I don't, I, it's, it's both silliness and utterly pathetic in my mind that he would do this. But this notion that somehow loyalty is owed to the president from citizens, the, the president should be loyal to the Constitution and loyal to the voters and never ask for it the other way around. It is just simply uh, a sign of a man who doesn't understand what, what, what the role of the presidency is. Okay, sermon complete. All right. All right. Well, uh, did he sign that Music Modernization Act? I don't know. He said he did. Yeah, he did. I have no idea. No idea. Yeah, he, he did in, uh, I think it was 2018, October. So, you know, he did something good for musicians. Uh, as you know, uh, you know, the music industry has changed a lot. I mean, you and I used to listen to records and, and tapes and then CDs. And I re even remember 8-tracks. And, of course, now it's all gone to digital with Spotify and Apple and you know, all that kind of stuff. And the law had not kept up with any of that. And the musicians themselves were not getting their fair share of their royalties. And so uh, Trump decided, you know what, that's not, that's not fair. That's not right for independent musicians or mm -hmm. musicians in general to not get their full uh, royalty. And I've, you know, recently, as you know, uh, putting out some music out there, I've done some research on this. And there is a lot of of revenue and, and uh, money streams that get lost and that the uh, digital music companies were capturing and not returning back to the songwriter or the song performer. And there's a lot of crazy but, but laws. But that, that was, that was pre-2018, you're saying. Now it's fixed, right? Yeah, exactly. And Trump okay, fixed so, it. So, by, so, so you're saying that when you, when, when you, when you look now, that's not going on. All the revenue that's owed to musicians goes to musicians now, right? It's well, in theory, yes. The hmm. musician has to make sure they're they're doing things. They're doing their thing. Properly. Okay. Well, so who yeah. was the who was the sponsor of that bill? Do you happen to know in the House or the Senate sponsor? Because the way, the way you framed it, that Donald Trump decided this—that's not what presidents do. Presidents don't make laws. Right. Presidents right. sign laws into effect. So just to be clear. Donald Please. Trump didn't Donald Trump didn't decide Donald Trump didn't decide this. Congress passed a law that Trump signed. Right. But he agreed with it. Okay, but but is but his loyalty is loyalty owed from any voter who's benefited from any law is loyalty owed to the president or to the senators or to the house members who passed the law. He's not he's not even Pull, pull the tweet back up. Did he use the word loyalty in there? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll read it again. It's the middle. There's no way she could endorse crooked Joe Biden, the worst and corrupt president in the history of yeah. our country, comma, yeah. and yeah. be disloyal 
to the man who made her so much money. Right. All right. So disloyal. Okay. There it is. So I think what Trump is trying to say is if, if she should endorse anyone, she should endorse him because he actually did something for her and allowed her to make more money than she would have otherwise because of the law that he signed. Now, this whole loyalty thing, whatever, I don't know. I, I know loyalty is a big deal to, to somebody like Donald Trump because he's experienced so much disloyalty uh, throughout the years. Oh, yeah. People turn on him and all that kind of stuff. Which I wonder why they do that. Yeah. Yeah, well... <laughs> Okay. Well, look, I mean, I, I just think, I think it's clear as a bell. The president shouldn't be demanding loyalty from voters. It's, it's not pathetic and it's weak and it's silly no. and it's dumb. And okay. All right. that's, not, that's not his point. His point is why would, why would it's she, one... Oh, listen, listen, let me speak. Why would she, all he's trying to say is why would she endorse somebody who's crooked and corrupt when there's somebody like myself who actually helped her and did something good for her why would why would she not look at me as someone who is better to endorse than somebody who didn't do anything for her and on top of it is extremely uh corrupt and in fact the most corrupt president in the history of our country maybe it's because she decided that a twice impeached 91 time indicted criminal is not the person she wants to endorse let me tell you what but the point no, being that you believe that, that you that you believe uh, you follow his logic that if he passed a law that benefited her, her loyalty, at least voting or otherwise, should be to him. So I will then just say to you, Casey, if you've benefited from any of the policies, the myriad of ones that have helped your life that Joe Biden has passed, your loyalty will be to him, right? No. No, all no, I need this, to do is show you how you made one dollar or a million dollars more because of Joe Biden. I don't want to live in a country where anyone thinks that their president is giving them money to buy their loyalty. No, Come on. The point, I agree. But the point is, the point is, first of all, Joe Biden has not had any policy that has benefited me personally. Really? And I think many Americans feel that way because you just look at his approval numbers everybody realizes that all of his policies are hurting us, especially financially. So there's that. But the point that any politician who's seeking election tries to make is, hey, look, if you vote for me, or if if I've done something good that's helped you, then I deserve your vote. That's the whole point of politics. This is what politicians do. They campaign. They say, if you vote for me, I will do something good for you. I will make your life better. I will improve things. I will make America better. I will make America great again, whatever. And he's already been president and he's already done something that benefited her. So all he's saying what if is- she doesn't, What if she doesn't believe? What, what, what if she's like you with Biden, who's just, and she's just blatantly well, unwilling, unwilling to believe? And the but, people get to speak. That's the way it's supposed to be rather than taking someone off the ballot so that you can't vote for them. Well, they're being taken off the ballot because it it fits the, your state's no, no. determination. That that's why. But look, Casey, the the point is that even even the phrase I'll just say, and this is one of the places we disagree, that the phrase, if a politician does something that's good for you, then they deserve your support. This notion that we're in a transactional relationship with politicians, 
what, what, why else do you vote for someone if they're not going to enact policies that benefit you? Because it you benefits, uh, oftentimes because it benefits others. Because there's a lot of times that people are supportive of policies that don't only work in their interest, they work toward the common good. The whole <laughs> point, people do this all the time. Common good. Yeah. yeah, well, that's yeah. It's, that, a, it's okay. a it's a vague it's a vague yeah. notion, buddy, that you might want to yeah. look into sometime in the American yeah. in the American lexicon. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the 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 notion of the well, of the collective the good is not helping the common good right now. Okay, you I know right. you think that, but you you look at the facts, and we we should do a whole thing here about like, um, twenty twenty. Remember how your life was in twenty twenty? Look at your life in twenty twenty four, and buddy, you're gonna be thrilled. It's right. Are you making more chance. money? Are you making more money now than you did in 2020, Casey? Let me just ask you that. Because if you are, then your loyalty is owned to Joe Biden. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and well, you, you know, I remember. I remember when when conservatives used to say, "Don't tell me that I'm making my money because of the government. I make my money in spite of the government." But now it's all, "Oh, I couldn't make a dollar without Donald Trump." <laughs> okay. No, Ronald Reagan famously said, "Are you better off today than you were four years ago?" And I mm -hmm. guarantee you, are you? Party of Americans. No, I am not. You're not making Far more money than you were in 2020? No. No. Not really? any close. And what, close. and what policies of Joe Biden's have caused you to not make more money? Uh, killing energy in this country. Uh, canceling the Keystone Pipeline on day one. Yeah, and you're not making more money because of that? Are you Are you in the oil business? What? No, I'm paying more money. Do you want to know what my utility bill was for last month to heat my house? Uh-huh. Well, what, how much, I mean, just do a quick screenshot of year over year, which we can get on our bills pretty easily. Go 2020 to 2024 and, and see if it's, uh, I'm going to tell, tell you right now, I uh -huh. have never seen a utility bill this high in my entire life. And, and you know rates, how old and, and the rates have gone up. Yeah. The rates have gone up. Inflation's gone up. Everything's gone up. Uh, except for people's salaries and, and pay. Oh, so more people, let me more, this. look, no, look more. No, uh, and, okay. And jobs are, there's no jobs. There's more jobs. There's more jobs no. now than there was at any time in American history. There's no, no full-time well-paying okay. job. They're all, all right. part-time, you know, okay. minimum wage jobs that, that they're touting. So my bill, let me just tell you this. Okay. My utility bill uh -huh. to heat my house was $450 last month. What was it the month before? I think it was like uh, three something. And was that higher than normal? Yes. And last winter, what was it? Like year on year? Like how much has it gone up? It was, I don't think we've ever seen it go higher than $300. Mm -hmm. Was it ever. colder? Yeah, it was colder last year than it is this year. So, did, so, so, so then rates must have gone up. When you look on that bill, it will tell you kilowatts yeah. per hour. Now, now we're really yeah. into nerdum. Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah. and, and the number has increased by how much? And you're saying that's Joe Biden because the Colorado utility yeah. raised its yeah. rates because of the pipeline, because of the Keystone pipeline. Because of Joe Biden's policies, okay. energy overall okay. is more he just killed he just killed the liquid national uh natural gas in texas okay. i mean when you don't when you don't have energy it's supply and demand 
when you don't and create that energy, <clears throat> when you don't allow oil companies and gas companies to produce energy, right? Then you have less of it, and you, the, the utility companies have to raise the prices, just like restaurants have to raise their prices when beef and and the food that they buy to prepare the meals goes up. They have to raise the price, just like the gas stations have to raise the price sure. when their costs yeah. go up. But Joe Biden says that the grocery store companies and the gas companies are gouging people. That's his, I mean, first he said it was all Putin's fault, but now he's saying the, the grocery stores and the gas stations are gouging people because it's, it doesn't have anything to do with anything he's doing. And all you have to do is look at the, the price of gas when, when Trump was president. Really? Okay. And it's just unbelievable. <laughs> okay. I mean, dude, you want to make the gas, you want to make the price of gas argument for on the president? We can do that all day long because it's you don't a think quick, the the, the, it the has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Oh yeah. It does. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It, so, yeah. Okay. Trump was, but again, look, I just, just, on, we'll, we'll, just we'll stop sure this. Understand. I understand your, your thinking. Trump just got lucky that gas just happened to be low when he was allowing more oil and gas to be produced in, a, in the United States. And Joe Biden is just unlucky, just happens to be president at a time when everything is just on the rise and he just can't do anything about it. He's just totally helpless, just like he's helpless with the border. He can't, he can't do anything with the border. It's all the Republicans' fault. Mm -hmm. It's all Donald Trump's fault. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, okay. now, now, you, now, you know, you know, you're keying me up here because if you want to talk about what people couldn't get done, we can start through locker up and build the wall and deep state and all the stuff Trump didn't get done. So we, we can do this all day long. My, my suggestion to you is that no gas prices are, are a global commodity. More oil is produced in the United States now than was produced in 2016 through 2020. Oh, yeah. The rates are higher. There is more of it. Because I don't agree with that. Okay. That, that can't be right. Okay. We, again, again, we can, we can follow up after this with some Google yeah, searches. I'll send um, you the truth. I would appreciate it. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and gas and gas prices are related to a whole manner of things that have nothing to do with presidents. And anytime, and look, you can, you can follow me back to 2002 when the short of an invasion of oil producing countries that caused gas prices to go up. Other than that, presidents don't control gas commodity I didn't prices. They control them. Uh, you're putting words in my mouth. Presidents don't control any okay. price. Nor are okay? they responsible for them. But they control levers of government, as you know, that do affect prices, including mm -hmm. things like the price of oil. The price of oil directly impacts the price of gasoline at the pump. Yeah, but the price of oil is con is a is a global commodity. Global it's controlled commodity. by OPEC yeah. and the United States and Russia. And look, when Russia goes to war against Ukraine and the third largest oil producer in the world can't happened under Trump, which would have never happened under Trump. No, because he of course not, because he would have let Putin do it. He's no. even said that. Heck he no. is literally said, OK, hey, you've got stuff about Biden's boxes. We're, we're almost out of time and I don't want to miss your, your your highlights of your point. So uh, I was just going to do all that quick. But hey, this is the kind of stuff. Imagine Casey and I on text having to do this stuff back and forth over text, friends. I mean, it's just nonsense. OK, uh, are you ready for the are you ready for the Biden photos? Sure. 
All right. There you go. So um, here we see Biden's garage where he uh, kept his stolen classified documents that he was not authorized to take. And uh, I mean, just look at his garage. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say my garage is perfect. Okay. <laughs> but I felt a lot better about my garage when I saw this photo. I'm like, wow. Um, I mean, first of all, this guy is really unorganized. He's got, I mean, this looks like an episode from Hoarders or something. I mean, oh, this man. is just unbelievable and look at this look at the condition of that box that is classified afghanistan documents as encountered by the fbi on december 21st 2022 that box has seen better days and it's just sitting out open in his garage i don't i'm not sure where the corvette is supposedly the he stored things next to his Corvette too. And I don't know if this is the same garage or a different garage. Cause I know he owns multiple houses, which I don't know how in the world he got so rich as a, uh, a lunch pail, Joe Senator. Um, really? You don't know own, how people can own two uh, houses. Come on, man. Okay. Go uh, a house, a beach house. Wish yeah. I owned a beach house. In Delaware, wow. dude. <laughs> yeah. Delaware. People, yeah, people well, own vacation. Look, people, people own vacation houses all the time. And senators well, and people that trust, make two hundred people that make two hundred thousand dollars a year over a lifetime can own two houses, especially if they have yeah. a working spouse, uh, for sure. But anyway, uh, go on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll go that's to the, next, that, the next photo. That's to this one one box. Here we have some other boxes uh, as well, and you can see uh, uh, top left zoomed in photograph of one box, um, another box. So all these boxes are were in the garage. Uh, marked a, Afghanistan documents. So, so just to be clear, okay. My understanding is that when you are a U.S. senator, uh, in order to the vice, see, he's the vice president in, or if you're the vice president, president. yeah, okay. But, but he he even admitted that this was a forty year thing. So going back forty years, he was he was taking these documents. And uh, the her report even said when he was a private citizen. But anyways, most of the time, my understanding is that the way that that a person like like him, who's not president or vice president at the time, in order to even just view mm -hmm. a classified document, you have to go into a secure facility, a secure room, mm -hmm. and you're only allowed to view the document. And then you walk out without the doc. You're not allowed to take the document out of that room which is apparently what he did. And I think, who was it? Sandy Berger or somebody got in big trouble for stuffing his pants with, with classified documents. So, so Biden has had these documents for 40 years, some of them. Well, yeah, not these, but yeah. And they've been in multiple locations all over the place. And the, the fascinating thing to me about this is that um, the day, the very day that um, he decided he basically told his uh, AG, Merrick Garland, to pursue Trump and to raid his house over classified no, documents. No, no, I'm just going to interrupt with you. No, Joe Biden did not tell Merrick Garland oh, yeah. to do oh, that. Yeah, he did. Oh, he yeah, just, he did. He just didn't, Casey. He didn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he Okay. Did. You oh, have yeah. no... The, yeah. everyone, send involved, the everyone involved has said he didn't do that. Okay, well, number one, the, 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 the very idea that the the attorney general would do something so 
unprecedented and so mm-hmm. dramatic. I mean, nothing like this has ever happened before. Right. Um, without the knowledge or the permission of the sitting president is is crazy to start with. It's not crazy to start with. It is the way it works. Okay, but anyway, go on, go on. But it is the way it works. It's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, and it's the way it did work. I mean, everyone everyone involved says it did. I know you say it didn't. I don't know why or how you say that. Based on what, other than the fact that you think it's crazy that they would, but then you say it's what's supposed to happen. But it's crazy that it would happen. So which is it? Is it that it's supposed to happen, or that it's crazy that it happened? Quoted Joe Biden is quoted as telling his attorney general, you need to stop being, and I don't remember the exact words, I can find them for you. But basically he said to him before all this happened, you need to stop being so nice and you need to get serious about Donald Trump and going after him criminally. Okay. No, I didn't. But anyway, okay. go, go on, but go on about the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, um, and I, I'm trying to find it here, but I know that um, the timing of it was was very odd. Um, that the day that they they decided they were going to do this um, was the day that um, you know Biden suddenly announced that he had classified documents as well. So so Biden's classified documents would never have come to light if it wasn't for the fact that his AG decided to go after his number one political rival over the same issue. And it was almost like he was like, oh, crap, I could be uh, in trouble for the same thing here. So I better I better figure out how to come clean on my my classified documents before they suddenly discover them. You know, um, and I, I get in trouble and, and accused of doing the same thing I'm accusing my number one political rival of. And on top of it all, here's what's really crazy to me is in the her report, what we find out is that he he willfully, and, it, and I'm going to read it for you directly. It says, our investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. These materials include, one, marked classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, and two, notebooks containing Mr. Biden's handwritten entries about issues of national security and foreign policy implicating sensitive intelligence sources and methods. And this is where we see the two-tiered system of justice in full full sight, because basically if you compare the the case against Trump, the so-called case against Trump and the case against Joe Biden, what you find is that Trump was charged with willfully retaining 21 documents with marked top secret. Mm-hmm. And Biden, according to a chart at the end of hers report, retained 18 files with top secret. So Trump's got 21, eight, uh, Biden's got 18 top secret files. Trump was charged with willfully retaining nine files mm-hmm. with secret markings, the, the category of secret. And Biden had 36 papers with the same marking of secret. So, so here you see one had slightly more top secret. One had a lot more secret. And I'm like, why why is Biden not being charged with the same thing? And the thing is, uh, what's crazy to me is that Trump was president 
and Joe Biden was not president. So we, we've already established in a 2012 case with District Judge Amy Berman Jackson, who ruled that, quote, the National Archives does not have the authority to designate materials as presidential records. It lacks any right or means to control them. So in other words, uh, the seizing of records is an extraordinary request that is unfounded and contrary to the Presidential Records Act's expressed terms and contrary to the traditional principles of administrative law. So what she established in her in her ruling was that the president, and this was about Clinton, who had stuff in, in his house that was classified, and former Barack Obama also had an unsecured warehouse where he stored classified documents mm -hmm. for the better part of two years. Um, there were no raids on mm -hmm. either one of them. And so um, basically what this does is it establishes the right of a former president to designate what constitutes presidential records, but it also grants him the right under the law to maintain control over what he deems to be personal records. So Biden does not have the benefit of the Presidential Records Act. These were all records that were, mm -hmm. that were taken uh, illegally and kept illegally and not secured. I mean, you can see the condition of all these things in these pictures. Mm -hmm. And it's just unbelievable that nothing's going to happen to Biden. And, and yet they're throwing the book at Trump because he had some boxes of things. So, And why, and, 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 and why is that, Casey? If her, why did her, a Republican, who did all this, what you think is great work, why did he say we recommend not charging Joe Biden I'm with not, a crime? I'm not saying that her did great work. I'm just okay. saying that these, these were his findings. Okay. And, you know, these are, I mean, he's got okay. the evidence to show all this. He's, you and know, said, no, don't, no, don't prosecute. So, no, one's, and, no, 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 and, no, no, hold on, hold on. No one's going to dispute his findings. Yeah. But, yeah. but plenty of people are disputing his conclusions, which are, you don't charge the guy. And why? What reason did he give? Mm -hmm. Because of his mental state. He's not mentally fit to stand trial. Therefore, we can't charge him. Yeah, I don't think I'm that's like, what he said. I don't think that's what he wrote. Um, but I'll just wow. say, in, in addition, and I'm sure you, you, whatever facts, wherever you got this stuff, is also the same thing about Mike Pence, vice president to Donald Trump, who had documents that yeah. same thing. So you've got Barack Obama. You've got exactly the same thing. But okay, got, you, well, no, it's exactly the same thing. You got Barack Obama. You've got Joe Biden. You've got Mike Pence. You've got Donald Trump. All of these people, we find out in recent years, have documents in their possession and have had for years or longer that should not should, that should not be in their possession. Why is one person charged and three not? No, actually, <laughs> that's not it at all. It's already been established that presidents, when they leave office, are entitled to take documents that no, they... No, it hasn't. No, yeah. it explicitly yeah. Yeah, has sure. not. Records <laughs> Act. And that's no, what that the is, finding of... It's, Casey, Amy Casey please, was. buddy, please, because I know we've been through this and you haven't read the charges against Trump. You haven't read the... Oh, yeah. It is explicit oh, yeah, yeah. In, in the charges against Trump. It is explicit that what you're saying about the Presidential Records Act is the opposite of what Trump is claiming and what you're saying. 
It is literally the opposite. How so? How so? It it says that the president, the Presidential Records Act says that records that were the property of the presidency remain the property of the presidency and not the individual. That's their interpretation. No, that's not. Okay. 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 No, that's not what she ruled on. That is not it at all. The presidential records act is not unclear. It is not an interpretation. Now you can either look it up or not, but okay. Then I don't know how you've come to the conclusions you've come from because it says precisely the opposite of what you're claiming and Trump is claiming. All I'm asking you is if four people all had this, what you say is the same thing. Why was one charged and three not? Because it's Donald Trump. Okay. I want to suggest to you another option because three of those people did not obstruct justice and the charges. Again, if you would read them, if you would read them, you would know that it was not about the fact that the documents ended up at Mar-a-Lago. It was the fact that the documents were at Mar-a-Lago and not returned when they were asked and then hidden and then justice was obstructed in the caption. Now, I know you're going to shake your head for people that are just listening on the podcast because you are, but that's the charge. And you, I know you haven't read them because you've told me that you don't care about what the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, has in the charges against Trump. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but if you read them or if you have read Okay. Then you know that the charges, as they are laid out, describe why charges are being brought. Now, I'm glad that you, I'm glad you trust, as I said, you know, uh, said earlier, I'm glad you trust special prosecutors. I don't necessarily trust special prosecutors. Okay. You trust some special prosecutors. Everything has to be weighed of its own merit at all times. You can't just blanketly trust anyone or any one report or any one person blanket. But, but truthfully, Casey, what what ability do you or I have to read a report about a report and then say, I conclude differently than the special prosecutor? Like this idea that somehow we're going to run around and decide. I I, I say that the, the fact that you think... I, th- I mean, if it appears, if it's it, okay, if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, yeah. it's what? It's yeah, not so a Trump. Ad- yeah, Trump. So, no, so Trump obstructed looked, justice like a duck. And that's no, why he's being prosecuted. No, and Biden no, and Pence and Obama no, didn't. And that's why this, they're not. Okay. No, all of, all of this record stuff, it has never been for a president, it has never been a criminal statute. Nara, That's right, because they've never Nara, obstructed Nara. justice before. He's the first one to obstruct justice, Casey. No, That's this no, is all spelled out in opinion. the charges. No, yeah, that says opinion. I don't happen to agree with that, and a lot of legal analysts don't. I'm not the okay. only one. Okay, fair enough. Then if you were on, then if you were on the then if you were on the jury, so can can we agree to this that we can leave it to a jury to decide? Uh well, I think the the charges in the whole case should be dropped based on uh, this Biden report. They're, they're, they're going to make they're going to make that argument, and a jury can decide, right? Do you trust the jury? I don't know. I, I don't know enough about any of it yet. I just think the whole thing is political. That's what I'm talking about okay. with the duck. It looks political. Yeah. It's not to me. It doesn't. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it does. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying to me, it doesn't look political. So maybe we see the world as we are and not as it is, but it doesn't look to me like it's political. It looks to yeah. me like it's we have different facts. The reason Mike Pence is not being charged and Donald Trump is, there's a reason why Mike Pence is not being charged. The reason that Clinton wasn't charged and the reason that Obama wasn't charged and the reason their their homes weren't raided? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. That's, there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason. All right. Well, okay. Um, hey, we, we've, got, we've got some music to do. Are we done? Can we, can, can we, can we share a little music? You still, uh, still got music in your heart? Sure. <laughs> okay, you don't want to know. Yeah. Do, you need, do you need a breather? I, I didn't even I put feel, up here. I feel uh, like I've got a lot, lot more to say, but that's all right. Uh, it's yeah. all good. I know we're out of time. We got to get to music. Yeah, so. I know. We, we took too long. Uh, Al Alex put up earlier, my heart is pounding. I was going to put that up for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, uh, do, you want to, uh, do you want to go first or how do you want to do that? Um, why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, um, okay. So this, this little number is one that uh, I, I wrote yesterday for my wife. Um, I'm trying to work on uh, writing my own songs. I've written uh, now two uh, and this one's not even a full song. This one's only a uh, a portion of a of a song. I mean, wow. I think it. I think it gets. I think it gets close. It's like a minute and forty seconds long, something like that. Oh, but, yeah. um, that's great, man. Well, good for you for writing some songs, man. I'm impressed. Yeah. Thanks. I'm impressed. start over because <clears throat> I realized the camera was all off there. I said I'd love you then love you forever and I think that I just might. I promise my you my heart and soul and I give it all of my mind. It looks like, it looks like, oh it looks like I just might. Well it looks like, oh it looks like, oh it looks like I just might. love and that it don't come with a guarantee we wonder whether we can stand together for this time or eternity it started as a choice and one that was so exciting and free oh big old beautiful life commitment it has come to be oh i said i'd love you that i'd love you forever and it looks like i just might promised you my heart and soul Nice. Yeah, I've done better versions of that, but I like this little idea, you know, that I promised you I'd love you forever, and it looks like I just might. I like that if we've uh -huh. been together for 40 years. That's really fun. Awesome. Uh, so anyway, okay, are you ready? What, what Which one do you got for us? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a, you know how much I love Jim Croce. So this is a Jim Croce song that I've been uh, trying to <clears throat> trying to perfect, kind of working on here, here and there, and I uh, thought I would share it with, uh, with you and all your great listeners. Beautiful. All right. Uptown got its hustlers. Lowry got its bums. 
42nd Street got Big Jim Walker. He's a bull shooting son of a gun. Yeah, he's big and dumb as a man can't come, but he's stronger than a country horse. And when the bad folks all get together at night, you know they all call Big Jim Boss just because. And they say you don't tug on Superman's cape, you don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off the old old ranger and you don't mess around with Jim. I mean Joe. <laughs> well, out of, uh, well, out of South Alabama come a country boy. He said, I'm looking for a man named Jim. I am a pool shooting boy. My name is Willie McCoy. And but down home they just call me Slim. Yeah, I'm looking for the king of 42nd Street. Driving drop top Cadillac. Last week he took all my money to be some funny, but I come to get my money back, and everybody say Jack. You don't tug on Superman's cape, you don't spit into the wind, you don't pull the mask off the old old ranger, and you don't mess around with Joe Biden. Fantastic. Great. Uh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hey, thanks buddy. Uh, all, all the best, all the best to you. And, um, same to you. Thanks know, for, uh, we'll for be having on me. Old... Always, always, always glad to have you. Uh, Alex also says great job. Casey loves, love, cro loves Croce. Um, nice. uh, Alex Thank was good you. enough to give me some suggestions about my music. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> appreciate that we appreciate that all the time i did play it a little fast i was a little nervous and tried to get this thing done had a lot of things on my screen moving around it's it's shocking isn't it how well you can know a song uh, oh yeah i mean i know that i wrote that yesterday and then worked on it a little bit oh. smart but like i know it i made it it's totally in my head but then you get yeah. nervous or you sing the wrong thing oh. or you, you feel your finger hit the wrong note on a chord and just all of a sudden your, your brain is just like oh yeah, you know, yeah. Um, it's over at that point man i Alex, i feel your pain brother yeah, Alex, no, no harm. I'll take it. I actually, when, after you wrote that, I thought I should try this as a really slow ballad. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll do cover versions of, of my own song. All right, Casey, love you, man, and uh, to all of you that have been in the chat, Alex and Nick and Mike and Trisha, Larry, Peggy, Yabits, um, uh, Mark, and well, way back, yeah, of course, Jim. From earlier, Marine, good to see you, Trish, uh, Dave, David, uh, all, all of you. Um, really appreciate you being a part of all of this and, uh, and follow along. If uh, if you share this on YouTube with other people, you know they might like it too. I know it's long. Nobody wants to listen for an hour and twenty minutes to people. Unless it's Joe Rogan, then people. Like, we're still interested. It's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We could do this all day. <laughs> I will probably pick it up on text in about an hour. Uh, I think okay. I'm interesting and you think you're interesting. So that's all that matters. Totally. Yeah. And I think you're interesting. <laughs> I think you're terribly interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, everybody. We will, uh, we'll see you back here in these same places for the podcast and stuff tomorrow. So over and outie. Bye. Awesome.